So, Shaleen, how would you define a maverick? Uh, how would I define a maverick? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess there's a bit in there about um, thinking differently, but I guess mostly for me, it would be about what drives the desire to do things differently. Um, so I guess for me, a maverick is someone who has a kind of intrinsic compulsion to challenge the status quo um, and isn't necessarily afraid to go out on a limb as a result of that. So for me, I guess, and I'm kind of speaking as I'm thinking, but it's two, the two constituent parts of that certainly for me are, uh, yeah, an intrinsic desire to challenge the status quo and as a result of that, being pretty happy to be the only person who might hold a particular point of view because you believe it to be correct. Thank you. Why do you think you're a maverick? I'm, I'm not necessarily sure I would classify myself as a maverick, although if Chris has done so, then that's pretty cool. Um, I certainly know that, um, that both the people who work with me, and by that I mean kind of clients mm -hmm. and the people who work around me, would probably say, I don't know whether they'd use the word maverick, but they'd certainly say uh, kind of um, contrary... Uh, likes to do things differently, so if that's if we're going to lump all that together, then that's that's probably in there. Um, okay. I, I guess for me, for me it's, the, it's the two things that I've just talked about. So um, I've always had a compulsion in pretty much every bit of my life to not want to do things the way that the rule book, whatever that rule book might be, says it ought to be done. That's not because I want to be a, a, a rule breaker per se, but just because I think. Um, that, that doing things the way that rule book says they need to be done is firstly um, not necessarily the best way mm -hmm. and I get off on trying to see if there's a better way mm -hmm. and, and, and secondly kind of it's a bit dull frankly okay okay the it's a bit more interesting just do it differently definitely the London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale I'm going to give you seven statements you just <laughs> need to say True, false, or can't decide, okay? People tell me right. that I'm a maverick. Or words uh, to that uh, effect. Uh, words to that effect, yes. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. Yeah. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. Yeah. I'm much more productive than other people. Uh, not necessary. Don't know. I have very unusual talents. Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. Okay. I'm generally underestimated by people. Uh, I'm finding that hard to answer because, um, and maybe I'm thinking too hard about this, but people who know me wouldn't be, but people, people who don't, don't know yeah. me, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe, okay. Yeah. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Um, yes. Okay. You've already answered this, but I'm going to ask you in case you want to add anything else. Why do you do things differently other than what you've said before? If anything. Uh, do I... Anything to add to that? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Off the top of my head. 
Does doing things differently require certain skills? And if so, what are they? Um, I guess they require sort of some form of bravery or courage. Um, I think they require someone to have a fairly high level of Mm -hmm. self-confidence. But um, they also need you to weirdly be really open-minded about stuff. So... You have to be self-confident, but at the same time open to it, just about any answer being possible. Okay. Um, I think it helps to have a mix of, of what people might call right brain and left brain. So mm-hmm. what, one of the things that we're generally interested in, um, we, we, um, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent, but hopefully explain it. it'll explain things. Um, we hire for what we call T-shaped people. Yeah, company that I and uh, I would consider myself one of those. And I don't. I, do you know what T shape means? Oh yes, I, I've I, just I've done a whole module on it. Perfect. Okay, so we. Yeah. So I think it. I think it really helps if you're T shaped in yeah. your ability to problem solve in ways that other people would never think of think of solving them. Okay. Um. And so and so yeah, I, I I think that's that's a really kind of. And I'm not sure that's something you can be trained to do. I think your your, your brain's either wired that way or not. Or not. Yeah. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Um, there's a. Uh, I mean, you have to be pretty resilient. So it's it's easy to to, I guess, be told that um, that this isn't necessarily the right way of doing things. So a lot a large part of my early career mm. was was um, I, I I realized relatively early on that the reason I found it so frustrating is because. Um, uh, people couldn't tolerate either the challenge to hierarchy or mm. status, mm. or they couldn't tolerate the uh, the um, idea that you wouldn't necessarily follow procedures as they had been agreed by the the general population, as it were. Okay. So you tend you tend to stick out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. Okay. And if you can't then deal with that as an individual, then it's then it's pretty hard work. Okay. Um, and I'd say there's something about there's probably something about energy in there. So um, it requires quite a lot of kind of personal energy mm-hmm. to to want to do it. Okay. What aspects of your character influence your maverick approach? Um, I guess at a, I don't really know how to describe this, but that um, the bit the bit that I talk about is being intrinsic. Mm-hmm. So the piece I I talk about being. There's something in you that just means that you don't like status quo. Okay. I don't really know how to describe that. I can't really think of a word of it, but I think I will there's, tell there's you a lot uh, for that in me. Do you it's, know not so just, it's not just a work thing. It's, a, it's in every bit of my life, which yeah. is what makes me say that. Um, uh, I think it's, there's, a, there's a certain, like I said earlier, a, a high degree of kind of self-confidence or self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly uh, a, a large amount of um, what I might call positive stubbornness mm-hmm. um sometimes so a phrase that we use a lot in the company is irrational belief yeah so uh we we actually tend to use that a lot around entrepreneurs and i, I tend to think a lot of entrepreneurs are obviously i don't think the, i don't think the uh, venn diagram is exact but you know lots of entrepreneurs are, are naturally mavericks or yes. maybe it's the other way around yes um, definitely and i think i think a lot of that's to do with rational belief and we we often talk about irrational belief being one of those things where um you just have a sense that mm. whatever your idea is is definitely going to work or be better than something else that you've got. Okay. Not to the 
to the level where you're just being silly about it and we're, and, and and just holding a contrary position uh, in the face of mounting evidence that that's not right because mm. good entrepreneurs are not like that. No. But at the outset of a problem solving, you think that you think you have an irrational belief that there's a better way. Okay. The word um, just to I'm still interviewing you, but the word you were saying you were you were saying it's you, you were finding it difficult to describe something the way a lot of people have described it this is just for you and your future growth Shaleen is they were saying it's in my DNA I can't help but be this okay um yeah yeah that would make yeah okay I just thought that might help you next time or when you're thinking about this (laughs) um are you born or bred a maverick uh both okay I I don't think it's I don't think it's either so there's some in your DNA but I think Without encouragement, without the right situation, without being put in the right situations, mm-hmm. without um, someone maybe uh, kind of helping you with the development of that that intrinsic bit that is in your DNA, I don't, mm. I don't think you'd ever get there. Okay. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick? Uh, absolutely. So I was, um, I'm Indian by descent. Okay. Uh, so am I. Uh, yeah, I'm, as I can see, if mm. I had my video, you, you'd be able to tell too. Yeah. Probably tell from my name, actually. Cause my yeah, name I knew. Shaleen yeah. Patel, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I was I was, uh, I was born in Kenya, weirdly, but obviously grew up in an Indian family. But I came to the UK when I was one. And my parents, for whatever reason, they, we never really kind of, got, kind of got to the bottom of it, decided not to live where every, everyone else lived. Okay. So I, I grew up in Croydon, in Shirley originally, and then in Croydon. So I, I went to a, a school which was all white. You know, when I turned up at school, even my prep school, there weren't there weren't any other coloured people. Okay. So um, what that made me, what that forced me to do was challenge everyone else's preconceptions of who I was and how it worked. Right. Both from the Indian side of things and from the non-Indian side of things. Okay. So okay. my parents would would send me to this school and then expect me to be totally Indian, and that just didn't work for me. Yeah. And a load of people who didn't really know who I was, who would challenge me in all sorts of ways, and, it, and, I, and I think that absolutely had an impact on on my, a bit, well, both my self confidence and self esteem, which okay. you had to kind of quickly grow, and then also my my ability to then say, well, actually, everyone else's preconceptions are often wrong. Yes, definitely. Were your parents mavericks? Yeah, I think I think um, I don't. I wouldn't say my mum was a maverick. I'd say my dad was. Okay. Yeah. I'd say there's a lot in my dad um, about him wanting to do things. Yeah, I mean he cer- he certainly didn't follow the rule book. He did in he did in many ways, but in lots of other ways he certainly didn't. Yeah. Okay. Mavericks often have unusual talents. What would you say yours are? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I have an unusual talent. Um, I think uh, I, I, I I think if I have an unusual talent, it's my ability to hold. Well, maybe it's two things: Damn. my ability to hold strategy and creativity in my head at the same time, mm-hmm. which, which um, is something that we look for in lots of other people who work with us and work for us. Okay, uh, and that and, and as I said a bit earlier, I'm not sure that you can be trained on that per se. I think you can get better at it, but. It's one of those things. I think your brain, you, it's kind of left wire, left yeah. right brain wiring, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of wiring between my two hemispheres, I suspect. Um, and the second one is the ability to bounce between strategy and execution, right? Uh, really, really fast. 
And um, if I have unusual talents, I suspect they're in there in those two areas. Okay, Shalene, you've touched on this you before. Actually, sorry to interrupt. No, I just go thought Go. On. And my third is sometimes sometimes what I'm really good at is translating. So I'm really good at translating between two worlds. Okay. Which often, which sometimes is a really good way of solving problems. Definitely. Um, I call that disparate connections. Okay. <laughs> because I, yeah, disparate connections. You can connect things that other people can't see. Yeah. So yeah. translating it, yeah. yeah. Okay. You've touched on this, but how do you see rules? I... <laughs> <laughs> How do I see rules? Yep. I sometimes see them as a red rag <laughs> to a bull. Okay. I sometimes, uh, I mostly see them as for other people. I can see the value of rules mm-hmm. for the vast majority of people. They give people structure and, and, and boundaries and, and, and lots of people in the world need those things to feel like they're safe and, efi- and working efficiently. Mm-hmm. So I understand their value, but I generally see them as things that ought to be at least challenged Okay. Uh, 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 every opportunity to just check whether they're right or not. Okay. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business, or was there a particular trigger? There was a. I think I always had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was always in the mode of not wanting to do things the standard way and wanting to challenge the convention. And and my very first job certainly was a, you know, I took the job because it was a small company that was acting like an upstart against all the other companies around it. Okay. However, when I was in that job, I certainly followed the processes they told me to. Mm. So for me, the trigger the trigger came, um, as I think it possibly may do with, with lots of people, with a, with a coincidental opportunity mm. and a person. So I think what unleashed it for me was I was given a particular job in a very large organisation. So that large organisation was Diageo, and I was working for Guinness at the time. Mm-hmm. They had a big problem that had been a problem for 20 years, which is the brand had been in decline mm-hmm. you know, for 20 years, and um, they tried everything that was in their rule book, mm-hmm. and went, fuck, I don't really know what to do. But there's mm-hmm. this really bright bloke over here who seems a bit oddball. Why don't we try him? Mm-hmm. So that's the opportunity. Okay. That the, the, at the same time, though, I had a boss, and the boss was amazing because um, he gave me a load of air, what I would describe as air cover. He gave me a lot of encouragement. Yeah. He, he was a maverick. Yeah. And so it made me feel like, well, actually, you're, you're a maverick and you're my boss, so this must be okay. Yeah. And he was very overtly giving me a lot of air cover. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's a really, really nice example. Are you always a maverick, or do you choose to be so at times? No, I choose to be so at times, or, or maybe it's better to frame it the other way. I'm mostly a maverick, but I, I have learnt and understood when it's appropriate to rein that back in, because it really isn't going to help. Okay, so that's a, is that a conscious or an unconscious decision? Uh, I, it's, it's, um, I've always done it, so mm-hmm. there's a bit of my personality that understands. I, I, I think I have a really good sense for when to pull back. Um, so actually, I'm going to go on another tangent. Go on, I like and your tangents. One, one of one of the ways that one of the most senior people that I know who I work with once described me was to say, I'm the most polite, angry young man he's ever met. And what, what he was trying to get at there was 
I'm absolutely all about challenging the status quo, yes. doing things differently. But I, I also naturally understand that you don't get very far with that if you just put people's backs out. Definitely, definitely. And so I have a subconscious bit of me that tends to be pretty polite in how I challenge people. And mm. I think, so I actually, do you know what, you've just helped me on, just I identify, yeah, I do have a really yes. unusual skill. My unusual skill is I'm able to handhold people through fairly sizable pieces of disruption without okay. them feeling pretty weird or scared or threatened by it. Excellent. Right. We'll have a conversation about this after. That's what you can hear okay. me scribbling. So, yeah, I think it's mostly subconscious, but I have also, you know, built on that over time. Excellent. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Um, I think, the, well, uh, let me... There's two. I think there are two ways of answering that question. The selfish okay. way of answering that question is to say there aren't any disadvantages. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see any disadvantages in what I want to achieve with my life in okay. being a maverick. Okay. Um, but I guess what I'm, I would also answer that question by going, it's not, it's not for everyone. Yeah, and true. So if, you, if, if, if what you look for is security and ease and, and all those other things that, you know, generally non-entrepreneurial types look for that I wouldn't I wouldn't try and be a maverick because you just you just end up causing a lot of pain and negativity and and stuff like that so you know big big organizations struggle with mavericks okay Uh, uh, that's their problem I think I think one of their problems is they shouldn't struggle with mavericks but they do um so if if you're if you're a a natural maverick inside a big organization there's going to be lots of downsides I suspect. Yes. Um, it's quite funny how many people have actually left, I've interviewed, that left big organisations for that very reason. I, I, I left for that very reason. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I left Diageo for that reason and, and this, I don't know whether this helps you with the conversation we're having, but I'll say it anyway, because the other thing about, you know, we talked about T-shapes earlier. Yeah. The other big organisations um, definitely did then, and I still think to a, to a great extent do today, is expect people to be functional experts. So what they want you to do is go into management yeah. and you lose all of your maverickness and all of the value you're adding to the business. So I spent an age with Diageo going, no, no, look, stop showing me the, the, the standard yes. Yes. that wants. Start showing me places where I know, you know, you know I can add value because you've just told me that's where I add value and I know that that's where I'd want to add value. Start showing me that. And, then, and they're, so they're unable to find... Yes. the organisation where you can be who you want to be and add huge amounts of value as a result, largely because they're just not willing to change those structures. Exactly. Are there any situations where being a maverick is positively harmful? Um, again, again, I guess I'm going to answer that slightly in two ways. What One is... Um, one is if you are that, if you're on your own mm. being a maverick inside a big organisation. I don't think that's harmful to the organisation, but it could certainly be harmful to you because yep. it could, could it could say that you're not you're not actually adding value and you're not. But in fact, you could be adding huge amounts of value. Mm-hmm. The second way I'd answer it is I think a true maverick no, because I think to the point that we've just talked about, I think true mavericks understand that there are appropriate times to really push the agenda and inappropriate times not to push the agenda. Okay. I think people who go too far. So let's say extreme mavericks, but mm. I wouldn't call them mavericks because I just don't think there's enough positivity in there. Mm. They can be harmful because I think they can create really negative atmospheres. Thank you. 
Has age and experience, Shalene, altered your maverick approach? And if so, how? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think with age and experience, uh, I think you end up with better judgment, um, and as a result, you hone your maverickness, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think you achieve more, more efficiently, more quickly, with greater levels of acceptance. Thank just you. You're, you're judging things slightly better. Okay. What aspects of your business are you most maverick in? Uh, all, all of it. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Uh, so we we um, we so we, our business is built around being mavericks. What what we what we what we sell to our clients is um, what I described earlier. We will help you find competitive advantage through new business models, new services, new innovations, new something. Okay help you do that in a way that makes sense for you i.e you won't find it too reactionary for you thank that's you that's what we do so our, our very being is mavericks yeah then actually the way we have even conceived of our business mm. is i would say very maverick so examples of that um uh our business is weird because it has we t- we we don't follow the usual agency model so the usual agency model is started up two founders or however many founders, mm. grow it as fast as you can, hope to sell it to someone, and that's mm. where you pay day. Yeah. That's not our model. So we take all of our profits mm. and we invest them in startups and ventures of our own. Okay. And we, that, we see that as our earn-out model. Okay. Um, everyone owns our company, not just me and my business partner. Um, everyone, as soon as they start making a contribution, which we define to be, you've been with the company for a year and we haven't kind of said you're rubbish at your job, yeah. starts to earn... Um, share options in the company and tends to own, you know, own it. So we kind of, I guess what I'm coming to is we're yeah, yeah. maverick in intent, we're maverick in culture. Our culture is very, very odd for the agency world. Mm-hmm. I would say it's less like if you go to your, you know, if you would go and talk to Zappos or you go and talk to a, a, a kind of, you know, pretty forward thinking um, startup, mm-hmm. our culture probably looks very similar to theirs. Okay. Simply different. But to, to the agency world, we're really odd and really weird, and they don't really they don't really get us, and, and sometimes they don't like us as a result. Um, so, so maverick in intent, maverick in culture, um, de- definite, definitely also maverick in kind of things like you know the built environment, how we set up our office, things like you know we we at a very early stage, well before anyone had kind of come up with all these you know which are fairly fairly standard now things like. Don't bother. We don't bother with holiday days. You mm. use your own judgment as to whether you're taking enough holiday or not. Mm. You know, we, we at a very early stage. I mean, so the very early version of our company didn't have an office. Refused to be a limited company. The only thing that forced us into that route that, uh, uh, was that some of our biggest clients literally said, "I'm sorry, but our legal department's saying we yeah, can't, yeah, we can't work with you if you don't if you do, persist yeah. in that weirdness that we can't get our heads around." So, so absolutely, I think we're, we're we're kind of maverick through and through. Um, and you were wondering why I was interviewing you? <laughs> this <laughs> oh, is amazing. Um, what aspects of your business are you least maverick in? Um, uh, you know, I think there are, there, are de- there are definitely bits of our company that I would want to push further mm-hmm. than we have them at the moment. So I think we're still, um, we're still constrained somewhat by either the rest of the world around us mm-hmm. or by actually you know some some of the um, cultural norms that society has 
actually work very hard against us. So here's, yeah. a, here's a tangible example. Um, job titles. We don't have job titles. Right. Because I, I, I believe that job titles mean that people start to pass the bucks, even yeah. if they don't believe they are. Okay. And I think it, it, it reinforces hierarchy and the fact that you can't challenge supposedly people who have job titles above you whether that's inside the company or even outside the company so if we had job titles mm. what, I, what I fear happens is that we walk into a room mm. and I'll be there with some of my staff who are less experienced mm. and people will ask me all the questions when in fact they may know more about that than, yeah. than I okay so we don't have job titles for all sorts of very good reasons I believe yeah. however one of the things that some of my staff struggle with yeah. is marking and and benchmarking themselves against the world around them so they get questions from their mum like, how come you've never had a promotion? Are you just not doing very well at work? To which, rightly, some of my staff, yes, especially some of my younger staff, mm. who, who, who are less, let's say, less self-confident in their ability to not have to want to, uh, want to have a job title, struggle with that. Mm. So I think we, where, where we are, where we do, where, where there are areas where I would like to be more maverick, they mm. tend to be ones where either cultural stereotypes really cause us um, difficulty in kind of seeing that through as, mm. as fully as we want to um, or like the example I gave you a bit earlier it just doesn't make good enough business sense right now you, to do it to that way this to the foot to the fullest extent okay what aspects of your life are you most maverick in um, I, again I would, I would kind of say all of it so um, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not a big one for kind of uh, uh, r- rules around things like how how I should be bringing up my children. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not a big one for r- rules around around you know, like I don't know. All all my, all my friends have moved out of central London. I, mm. I just can't see the point of what they've done. I mm. literally cannot understand why they would do that. And, yeah. Um, and, and feel no compunction to even challenge the idea that that was a really good idea. Yeah. I'm very happy with where I am. So I, I would say in all of it, I, I would say, um, again, you know, that stuff I talked about, about yeah. uh, culture in um, sometimes, society's culture sometimes stopping that. You know, there are, bit, there are bits of our family life and bits of our home life and bits of school life, certainly, mm. that I look at and I go, wow, I'd love that to be way more... I'd love that to be way more different than it is. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I can change the way that people are going. To, you know, the pe- that the head teacher is going to conceive of my child's education within their school. I think you've answered my next question, which was, what aspects of your life are you least maverick in? Yeah, I think I think my you know ed- education. I, I I have a I have a big thing, and sometimes you know Chris Chris and I talk about this a lot, and mm. um, lots of other people that I I would put in that kind of different network. Mm. You know, have, have a probably a, a strong gut feel that the way we've constructed education for young people is not optimised around them getting what they really need out of life. Um, I completely concur with you. One of the mavericks I actually interviewed very early on, his mission was that he the education system needs to change. Yeah. Um, I- and I completely concur I'm with him for that, but it's yeah. really hard to change, right? And, uh, and not because we live in a world that doesn't like change. Well, yeah, I mean, mo- most people uh, shit scared of it, right? Yeah, really, oh, really yeah. Tell me about it. And oh. I think it gets particularly emotional when 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 it's about your children, right? So people start being, I think, entirely irrational around decision making around what's good for their children. 
because um, it's so emotionally driven. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? Uh, I have a really, really brilliant wife who's just incredibly understanding and supportive. Right, when you go home tonight, you need to tell her that you were interviewed and that's what I said today. I'm, I am at home, actually. I'm at oh, home OK. And, um, we've just been somewhere together, so okay. I'll let her know. But, I mean, I, I actually say it quite a lot to a lot yeah. of people. It, it would be really hard for me to to um, live live my wife, both my personal life and my working life the way I want to if my wife wasn't wasn't up for that. OK. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Uh, absolutely. So absolutely. What's, so what's your legacy? So for, for me, um, the analogy I tend to use is, is uh, around uh, what I would call clock building rather than time telling. So lots and lots of people who describe themselves as leaders and managers in businesses, I tend, I tend to think tend to be time tellers. What they do is they tell their staff or the people working for them, the people they work with, um, how to tell the time. You know, this is this is the way we tell the time. Yeah. This business this is what we do. I, 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 I would like to be. I would like to have been considered as a clock builder. And what specifically? What do I mean about that? I'd like to feel like there are a bunch of people who've gone off and been um, business owners in their own right mm-hmm. when they might not have started off that way. And I use business owners in the broadest possible sense yeah, of that word. Definitely. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back or what some people prefer to say, give forward? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, is it a necessity? Hmm. I don't know whether it's a necessity. I, I wonder if why that ends up being very... Because what I would agree with is just about everyone I know is a maverick holds that true and dear. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's because they have an, an innate sense that you can only... You know, that, 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 that being a maverick is about being positive mm-hmm. and being positive is can only be about leaving the world a better place generally in that, kind yeah. of, again, that broadest possible sense. Um, so that's, that's a really good question. I never really thought about it that way before, but now that you you say it, I'm struggling to think of anyone that I know that I respect as a maverick who isn't also giving back. Yeah, in, intrinsically forward. one of those people who you would call a good good person, right? Yeah. And, and and by give back, I don't mean necessarily wow they're on a mission to to end poverty or on a mission to do X, but they generally have a belief in karma. Yeah. Goes and comes around. Yeah. And so. You know, I should always be doing things with positive intent. Mm-hmm. I don't know many mavericks who are, are um, y- you know, um, out for a quick buck. Yeah, me. and at the top of my head, I can only think of two who actually said it was nothing to do with that for them. But they were, uh, off the, they were different in a number of ways, yeah? How do your ethics and values impact on being a maverick, do you think? Um... Efforts and values, values very strongly. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, I think I think you're, you know, that DNA bit that you yeah. talked. You know, now that I've got that in my head, I think the, the the intrinsicness of it. I think the the fact that your brain's probably wired slightly differently. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think that's all. That's all. All your values stem from that, and I I, I would say it's extraordinarily important that our, our company only works because we have a really strong sense of the values that we will hold true to, and, and and some of those are all about being different. Okay, uh, and being happy with them. Thank you. Efforts. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I think I think effort's really important because uh, because of that point I made earlier about energy, 
and drive. Is that is that what you were trying to get at? No, but that's an interesting point as well. I, the word I was using was ethics. Oh, ethics. Sorry. No worries. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, ethics. Yeah, I think uh, to the to the point that we've just talked about. Yeah. Again, a, a kind of moral judgment. I think is a is a there's a strong link between that and and maverickness because because I, again I guess I guess this fundamentally comes back to down to mavericks aren't trying to be mavericks just for the sake of it. There's always a purpose mm-hmm. uh, uh, or an intent. And, and I rarely see that intent be or that purpose be negative. Okay. Uh, so I think I think there is a strong kind of sense that the the morals in there. I think there's also a bit in there about positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know many mavericks who are kind of look like you know surround themselves in a kind of negative energy. Again, most of them I, I tend to be, if not outright optimists, tend to be <laughs> generally positive outlook, half glass full type people. Definitely. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Uh, start start my own business. Okay. Uh, uh, that that was. I mean, that's always a that's always a big leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting that business um, without you know without so we started that business uh, fundamentally without really knowing what it was that we were going to do. Okay. Uh, but with a really clear sense that whatever it was we were going to do, we weren't going to do it the rest of the way that the marketing industry was going to do it. Okay. I still remember the train journey that me and my business partner, where we finally really you know, made the leap and went, right, we're doing it. Right. And that, that conversation was really weird. I suspect most people would have found it really weird because most people starting a business would have probably looked at, right, let's get a business plan down. What, what is it that we do? How much money are we going to charge? I remember that entire conversation being about what is it that we hate about the rest of the industry and therefore how are we going to do it differently? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Definitely. I I have, um, I'm I'm going to be talking to you for a while. Business plans I'm writing down. Okay. How many ventures have you undertaken in the past five years, Shaleen? Oh, oh, loads. Uh, so, well, let me let me define ventures. Okay. So, if by venture you mean something that we're the only, like I'm the only participant in, I'm in full control of, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's probably something like ten. Okay. Um, if if by that you mean, you know, we've been seed investors in, we've been early stage angel investors in, we've incubated companies, etc., all that. Blimey, I don't know. Uh, 50, 75. Okay, how I use it is if you've, it, because obviously I'm interviewing so many different mavericks, if there's somebody who are serial entrepreneurs, then I take it in terms of what, what they've set up. But if yeah. they've work, been working in the same company, for, like say you've only been working in your business for five years, then I would look at the number of projects you've done. Yeah. So the if, thing, the, the weird, just, just to come back to, the weird thing about my company is I'm, I've only ever worked, well, I haven't only ever worked for this company, mm-hmm. but this. My, the company I, I, I run is ten years old. Nearly. Okay. Um, I, so it's ten years old, but but remember that part of its remit is to start lots of other businesses. <laughs> we kind of start with the intent of investing in lots of businesses. Okay. So you know that that's why it's as many as that. That that helps me because what I do, Shaleen, is before I interview people, I don't look anything up about them. Right. Because if I do. 
unless that's how I've met them on LinkedIn, it can cloud my, when you say yeah. something, I'll all constantly looking at what I've already read about you. Yeah. So uh, it, this is like completely free will, apart from the fact that Chris sent us that email, okay, I know nothing cool. about you. Cool, okay. Okay. What would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? The characteristics of a successful venture? Yes, success according to Shaleen. Wow. Uh, do you mean the criteria that are likely to lead to success, or do you mean... No, when it's over, or when it's happening, what would you say? Oh, that was successful, that one fell on its arse. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. Um... So I, 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 for me, yes. a successful venture would be um, something that I've done that I really wanted to do and loved doing and had fun doing and enjoyed doing and, you know, I got a lot out of. Okay. And if I learned a shitload by doing it or I met some amazing people by doing it, then for me, it's a successful venture. Okay. You know, I would love for them all to make money. Yeah. But I'm realistic enough to know that they don't all make money and mm -hmm. money's never really... The, money's always there, isn't it? You know, there's always a, a driving force behind that. Yeah. But it is not the purpose. I don't set ventures up just for the money because if if I was that sort of person, frankly, I'd go and be a I don't know. I'd probably go and be a well, I wouldn't. I would never be a banker. But if you were that sort of person, you'd go and be a banker, wouldn't you? Yeah, like, true, true. So, when you have successful ventures, what did you do that makes the venture successful? Um, so for some of them, so again, I'm going to talk quite specifically here because we we have this odd bit about us as a company. For some of them, I suspect it's all about the inception. Mm -hmm. So um, not just spotting the opportunity, mm -hmm. but coalescing enough energy and will and desire amongst a group of other people to say, yeah, that, that, that sounds like a really good thing. Let's go and do it. And, and it's often that move from idea to execution that I think is often one of the biggest hurdles to get over. So the move from, yeah, that's an interesting idea, or mm. it's an idea on paper, to no, 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 get off your ass and go and do something about it. And and, and it weirdly, it's, it, again, it's one of the things that makes us odd as a company. We're really big on, it's not really an idea until we've done the first iteration of it, the first okay. execution of it. And okay. we like doing fast, rapid iterations of potential ideas. Okay. So that, that would be one. Okay. Um, on the other side, so with lots with with lots of our companies that we invest in and then we incubate, and we're we're really um, my business partner and I are big on the idea that money's not that difficult to get hold of. Of course, it is sometimes, but money's not hard. Smart money's really hard to get hold of. Okay. So the idea that the money comes attached with some people who really can help you get your venture further faster. Okay. And, and in that sense. I know for a fact because we've had the feedback. I guess that lo lots of lots of entrepreneurs have found us really useful in help helping them move their venture further faster. And that hasn't been about money. That's been about what you might call a, a, a kind of sometimes mentoring, sometimes coaching. Um, that kind of just act, you know, be having the same mindset. I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. We've both done diff very different things, I suspect. But you know. I'm, I'm going to be able to help you see wood for trees occasionally. Okay. Um, I'm going to be able to help you, you know, just... Because I, I always think being an entrepreneur can be a really lonely process for a lot of people. Yes. And, uh, you know, okay. I think I think we 
I don't know what it is about. Well, actually, I know what it is. So because of that stuff that I talked about earlier, yeah. being able to strategy and creativity and at the same time bouncing from strategy to execution, I think that weirdness in our heads means that we're actually really able to help entrepreneurs quite a lot quite quickly. Okay. When a project's unsuccessful, then, what mm. would you consider is the main reason for the failure? Um, oh, I think there's loads. Um, I, I would I would say that the if I'm if I think about the ones that I've been most annoyed and frustrated and upset at. Okay. I would say that it's because we haven't got the team and the intent right from the beginning. Okay. So they've most often fallen over and I've hated it and not learned very much and whatever else because we didn't get all of the people who, who we decided were right at the beginning, we didn't get them aligned about who we were and why we were doing it and had okay. those kind of conversations and then we weren't clear about what it was that we were actually trying to do. Do for them. Okay. Uh, yeah. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? Uh, I, 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 I'm constantly and chronically afraid of falling into conformity. So let me, let me give you a couple of examples about that. When any member of my staff comes to me and goes, I think we might need a bit of a process over here, Mm. I, I have an almost violent and adverse reaction to it. Okay. But I have learned to control it because, yeah. because sometimes they're right. We yes. do need yes. a process in there. And I'm not afraid of the process. What I'm afraid of is 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 the um, the idea that you might have just... It's the thin end of the wedge. Jesus, if we accept that process, might we suddenly wake up in two years and discover that we've suddenly become very middle of the road in everything that we're now doing. Shalene, that's not going to happen because the, the fact that you're reacting that way is, and long as you constantly keep reacting that way, it won't happen because your gut's telling you that that's not the type of company you want to be. So you won't, as long as you keep listening to that, you'll be cool. Yeah, no, that's, it, 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 that's correct and it's sage advice. You know, it's sometimes you kind of feel the pressure of, you know, big, big opportunities for pieces of work or whatever it might be. Yes. Or, you know, hanging on to your best staff. You sometimes think, oh, should I compromise on that? Because they're a real diamond, but they don't believe in the same stuff I believe in. You know, it's those sorts of pressures that sometimes you think, well, a little, a little compromise here and a little compromise there. Might I feel like I've only done a few compromises, but might I wake up and suddenly go, well, actually, all those compromises added together have just yeah. suddenly yeah. taken magic out of it, right? Okay. So, so I'm, I'm writing all this down. I have okay. a fear that I, the other fear I have is of becoming boring. You know, I just I just know too many people who've just seem to have settled into a what I would consider to be a, a kind of relatively boring existence because it's it's formulaic. And, um, and I, yeah, and I, but I just I'd, I'd hate to get to my deathbed and go, fucking, oh, I wish I'd tried that thing. <laughs> um, somehow. I'm not sure you I don't think you'll ever have that regret. No, I, I, I'm I don't gonna, think I will, but I, I have to say, you know, I do think about Yeah, yeah, it. I'm going to send you a blog post uh, I wrote. It's called No Regrets. <laughs> okay. How important is team to you as a maverick? Uh, that's a really good question for me in particular. So I'm, I'm quite different from my business partner, who I would also consider to be an equal maverick. Mm-hmm. He's very team-focused. I, I am 
a weird mix of, of selfishness and independence and, um, and, and, and really appreciating and liking a team. So what do I mean by that? I'm, I'm really unequivocally clear that there's virtually nothing that I've achieved in my life that I couldn't have achieved with a group of people being around me mm. who wanted to do the same things and supported me and had skills that I could never dream of having. Okay. I totally see that. And I, I'm actually increasingly, as I get older, getting off more and more on that clock building stuff I was telling you about mm. earlier. Mm. So the, the, the building and developing of a team. Yeah. But that's come relatively late in my life. I, I am... I'm an only child, I should probably say. Okay. And I, you know, I grew up in that relative isolation that I told you about. Yeah. Result, I, I, I have a natural, naturally selfish streak that runs through me. Yeah. And, and I'm fiercely independent, so I like time on my own. Yeah. So too much time amongst too many people, and I start to get a bit, right, I need to get away and go and be on my own for a while. So I have a weird mix. It's That's a good mix. That's it's not a weird mix. It's a good mix. It's about how you use it. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you draw upon other mavericks in any way? Absolutely. Absolutely. I. I you know, let's take Chris as an example. Okay. Every time you know I meet Chris, I walk away with a pile of stuff that I just had not thought of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we not. We don't even try. I don't think we just no. sit down, have a, and have a beer. And yeah. And I think he feels the same because he said it to me before. So absolutely, you know, I, I have this thing about generally always wanting to meet people. So if someone says, do, do you fancy a meet? Yeah. I will almost always say yes. Yeah. I know that there's a very specific reason I shouldn't meet them. And that, that's because I, I tend to be on the lookout for someone who might just, you know, tell me something or give me something or, mm-hmm. or explain something in a way that I've just never heard it explained before. And that's all for me constant and uh, and important grist to the mill of wanting to do things differently. Thank you. How and where do you get your permission to be a maverick? Did you say permission? Yeah. I get my permission from myself. Thank you. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Yes. Uh, and this is a really poignant question right now because we're just going through a bit of a, uh, a, a kind of phase at the company. We've now we've grown quite big mm-hmm. over over the last um, two two years in particular. Lots of new people into the company, and it is provoking lots of very sensible, brilliant questions about the style of leadership. So mm-hmm. early on, when we were small, you could get away with a style of leadership which I might describe as lead from the front. Okay. You would just be, I was just, I was just being me mm. and people would watch what you did and how you did it and they would take, or not as the case may be, inspiration from that or whatever it might be and they'd kind of follow your lead. And I think what I'm learning is to really engender all of that important culture stuff, uh, process stuff, leadership and management in the, in the, in the horrible sense of that but, but not into the company, I'm having to alter my leadership style to not just be about leading from the front. You now, I think I'm now having to do a lot more what I would, I guess, describe as coaching um, it, to, 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 to kind of bring out the maverickness in, in the people who I work with. Yep, I've just written that down. It's not leading from the front, it's leading from within. Yes, that's a good, that's a good, that's a great way of putting it. Um, and, and actually, because we have... I'll tell that, you what I do after. <laughs> Go 
I'll t- oh, when I finish the interview, I'll tell you what I actually do for a living. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, the, the other thing that, and again, I don't know whether this is helpful to you, but um, the other thing we've realised, because we have a flat structure, we've realised everyone has to be a leader from within. Yes. And so they all need to be leaders in their own right. And, and what we need to do is be really clear that our purpose is that doing things differently is really valuable. I've actually just, while you were talking, what I'd written before was lead from within with an arrow that says create leaders. There you go. Okay. Is being a maverick related to creativity? And if so, how? Yeah, I think I think it has to be because I think, um, uh, so, so Chris taught me this, mm-hmm. that people self-define themselves as being creative or not, but actually we all have it within us to be creative. Definitely. Self-permission to be creative is, is all that needs to happen. But I think creativity is important because it's about seeing the possibilities. And okay. if you're if you're if you're kind of if you've either convinced yourself you're not creative or you set up processes so that they kill all creativity, mm-hmm. then definition you're never going to see all the possibilities. You're never going to ask yourself the question that might lead to something that might be a better answer. You're just going to make a pile of assumptions mm. that suggests that what you should do next is is what you've always done, plus a little bit. Yeah. What about innovation? How is being a maverick related to innovation? I think it's about getting... So for me, I, I, the distinction, and I don't know whether this is right or not, but it's just a distinction I've always used. For me, innovation is just the execution of creativity. Yes. So the move from a nice, big, bold idea to the getting off your ass and doing it. Yeah. So for me, for me innovation's absolutely important to a maverick because... Mavericks don't get off on big, bold ideas. They get off on seeing them happen and seeing the change that's resulted. Exactly. Are there any career choices that you regret as they relate to your potential as a maverick? You know, oh, if I hadn't done that five years ago, I'd have been here years ago. Uh, No, I think I had to do every... I don't regret any of the jobs I've done. Every single one of them has taught me a pile of stuff that I then use later in life. Okay. I I, I think some of them constrained my maverickness... But actually, I'm really glad. I'm really, I'm actually really glad that I did all each and every one of them because um, I think it makes me a better maverick today. Do you know how I would describe that, Shaleen? Some I read somewhere right that if you if you put a candle, if you light a candle in a in a in a light room, it doesn't have any impact. But if you light a candle in a dark room, look at the impact it has. So for that reason, you have to experience darkness to be able to appreciate the light. So you have to work in organisations that don't recognise maverickness in order to see its true value. Nice. I think that might be right. Um, Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Oh, loads. Uh, Do you say isn't a maverick? No, who is a maverick? Who is a maverick? Who inspires you that you think, wow... Oh bloody hell! All 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 sorts of people. Um, uh, I mean, ju- just just about anyone who um, I can tell is is even slightly fighting what you might call the system. Okay. I tend to take inspiration from. So, and, and, and I'm not trying to be difficult, but you know, at one no, end of the not. spectrum, you can you can kind of look at really famous mavericks and go, wow. Isn't that inspiring? I actually tend to get, I think, less inspiration from them because I kind of go, well, yeah, okay, I get it, and that's yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So do I really get a huge amount of inspiration from Steve Jobs? No, I appreciate the amazing person that he was and what he achieved. But I don't personally take a lot of inspiration from that. I take a lot of inspiration from people like Chris, mm. who I think are just 
you know, releasing huge amounts of creative, entrepreneurial, innovative potential in the world by what they do and just by the very being that they are. Yes. And I kind of take inspiration from people like him whenever I meet them. But then I also take inspiration from, so, you know, some of our biggest clients, you will come across people, whether they're young or they've been there for 20 years, who will, who will either be a natural maverick but don't realise it and are fighting the system yeah. or have just decided to take a stand on something. Yeah. And you know what? I take bags of inspiration from them. They, they, I can think of one particular person at the moment who you know, is really working with us hard on a project to affect change inside their business and it, I can see it hurts Yeah. and I can see it's painful and I can see them struggling but by God they're not letting go and that's awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest. Who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? Uh, I have two, and I, uh, this is my this is my uh, standard response. So feel free to challenge it. But my standard response is, I, you know, mo- most people in, in in life are lucky to find one other person who makes them more complete and more able to achieve things. I've got two, right? I've got my wife. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'd be able to. I said that. And there's no yeah. way I'd be able to achieve. Yeah. And then I've got my business partner, and there's no way I'd have achieved the things that I've achieved without him. Okay. Uh, um, so we are. It's it's that whole. It's, I know it's a well-worn path, but that whole greater than the sum of the parts. I've got two people who who take various parts of me and make me greater as a result. Thank you. They should be really proud that you said that about them. What do you have to suffer because you're a maverick? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I suffer much, actually, if I'm honest. Uh, the occasional, uh, the occasional kind of set bit of frustration. But actually, mm-hmm. I always think those are generally helpful things, anyway. Okay. I think. I think. I think the greatest thing I suffer is, and it's not really. So I don't think there is. Okay. Um, is knowing that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but then I got I, I got used to that a long time ago. Right? Oh, don't worry about that. This is a very common one of the biggest things that's come out from this study. Do you know how somebody put it, Shaleen? <laughs> you'll, you'll love this. They went, they don't like us, but they love what we can do for them and their company and yeah, the money don't. we make them. But <laughs> they like don't that. like us. Yes, I like that. And I thought to myself. You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What motivates you as a maverick? Uh, the, the end result, the the change, the see, the seeing the better. Okay. The yeah, the the affected net, the net effect. Okay. The thing, the thing that happened. The net effect. Do you like being a maverick? Yeah, I love it. Excellent. Love it. Is being a maverick important, and why? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's important for everyone. Mm. So I, I can totally see how a lot of people are hugely fulfilled by their life, mm-hmm. and they probably don't have a maverick bone in their body. So I don't think everyone needs to strive to be a maverick and, and get a sense of fulfilment in life. And I, I'm certainly not one of those people who thinks that they should even a try. I, I just think that work out what's fulfilling for you and get on with it is mm-hmm. totally cool. Okay. Why do I think the world or, or the system needs mavericks? Well, because otherwise I think there's a general inertia towards um, uh, towards status quo. And, 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 and when we lack progress, well, 
I'm not sure what's left if, if the world doesn't move forwards and humanity, you know, without wanting to get whole deep and meaningful about it, mm. if the world isn't progressing and people aren't progressing and humanity isn't progressing and individuals aren't progressing, then I'm not quite sure what the point is. And um, I'm not saying all of that comes from Mavericks because it doesn't, but I think Mavericks are important to it to, to make sure that machine works as well as it can. Somebody said it really nicely to me, and I think that's what you're saying. She said to me, um, if it wasn't for a maverick, we wouldn't be sitting on different continents having this conversation because Skype wouldn't exist. Yeah. And that's, I, I thought, was a really concise way of putting it. Yeah, true. On a scale of 1 to 10, now you've done this interview, <laughs> how maverick are you? Uh, nine. Excellent. Nine. That's damn good. <laughs> okay. What advice would you give to somebody who feels they're a maverick, okay, so that they can ensure they can be as good a maverick as they could possibly be? Um, don't, don't ever lose belief that, that your maverickness will add value okay. and that will help. Don't let anyone put you off. Okay. Or, or, or make you believe that, that 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 isn't what you should try and do. What's your biggest ambition right now, Shalene Patel? <sighs> biggest ambition? Yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, oh. I think I think I th- I think it right now mm-hmm. it would be. Um, I'd I'd love to leave a hundred. Mavericks behind who might not otherwise have been Mavericks. Excellent. If you wanted to do something different in life, if you weren't doing what you're doing, yeah, what would you? What would it be? Uh, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, um, I, do you know, I, I think at some point. I, at some point, I would have ended up uh, an entrepreneur. Like, irrespective, okay. it doesn't really matter where. Like, my, so my, um, you'll, I think you might appreciate this. My parents wanted me to be wanted me to be a doctor. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. I'd, have, I'd been the worst fucking doctor on the planet. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, you know, and all the other standard things, right? Accountant, okay. blah blah blah. I, I, I actually don't think. I think if even if I'd gone into and been a solicitor for five years. I still think I would have ended up as an entrepreneur within okay. that sector or that industry. And I think that's, you know, I, I just would have ended up spotting enough stuff to go, I don't think that's right and I yeah. think it could be done better, but I would have ended up just setting out on a, on a path to go, well, I think I can do that better. Okay. So I think business, irrespective, I would have ended up a business owner of some description, just okay. maybe not in marketing, let's say. Or Okay. If you could have a superhero power, <laughs> what would it yeah. be? Wow. Um, my my my! I would love my superhero power to be uh, knowing what someone's really thinking. Okay, thank you. Final <laughs> question, right? What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Uh, if wow. anything, um, what have been asked that you haven't asked me? I'm not sure I can think of anything. I, I didn't really have any. I didn't really understand what we were going to talk about. So 
I'm not sure I, I have a sense of there being a pile of stuff that I wanted to tell you that I haven't told you. I, I, okay. I've, what I will tell you is I found that incredibly interesting and stimulating and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you. What I'm going to do, Shalid, is I'm going to turn the recording off now.